It's great to be here tonight. You're pathetic. You're all pathetic. Sorry, that's just how the uh, Malkers say hello. Say hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 12 of Undecided Podcast. I'm Tara Mahoney and I'm here with my co-host Kate Reed. Hi Kate. Hey. And we're also here with, uh, I can't care. Uh, there's six of us. Six other, uh, other women. Other, we're calling this the Vagina Dialogues. Uh, uh, we're, we're here with six other amazing, smart, young women. Um, who are going to help us uh, run through the party platforms for our final episode on on the big issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, we have got a couple housekeeping things to get out of the way. Yeah. So first off, we want to thank CBC and CTV for having us and being so receptive to our message yeah. this week, making God. us wake up at the goddamn crack of dawn. Yeah, we're, lo- <laughs> we're low-key famous now. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, we also want to thank our listeners yep. for sticking through the first episodes when we did not know how to drink and be coherent. Yeah. Although, um, <laughs> thanks for sticking it out. Also, I don't think we have learned that lesson that well. No. But, um, no. Anyway, we're getting better. Yeah, we're doing it. Baby steps. Baby steps. Uh, 500 <laughs> of you almost have tuned in to the episode, uh, the last episode, and we just want to thank each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. Uh, and we're totally humbled. Yeah. Okay, so... Without for any oh my god without any further ado speaking <laughs> mm-hmm. of coherence mm-hmm. let's go around the table and introduce ourselves yes okay uh, let's start with you my love hi <laughs> I'm Rima and I'm actually here from Ottawa so shout out to Ottawa shout out to yeah. Ottawa yeah that's this right. is me I'm also from introduce Ottawa yourself. and my name's Nev and we are representing your vote today yeah yeah that's a thing that we're, doing. Ta- we're doing talk to us yeah. about it. Okay. Ten so seconds. <laughs> ten seconds. Your vote is going to be a coming soon initiative to get everyone involved in voting with accessible information and trying to stop political exclusion when it comes to youth and people. Yeah, and we're partnering with like local businesses and stuff, holding information events, etc. So keep stay an eye tuned out for that. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Amazing. Cool. Uh, I'm Charlie. Um, and yeah, I don't really. I'm excited to see. Where today goes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I'm really unsure. But. Oh, can we um, say our ages? Oh, yeah. That's cool oh, yeah. with you guys. Rima, We're 20. 20. And um, Eve is yeah. 20. Yeah. I am also 20. And uh, this is my first election that I can ever vote in. Yeah. Um, first time voters. So, how many yeah. of you are first time voters? Five. Oh, six. Damn. Oh, wait, no, I can't count. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, can't, can't. you can, honey. Okay, okay. good. Okay. Uh, I'm Jenny. I'm here representing your layperson, which basically means <laughs> I know next to nothing about politics and the election, but I'm here to learn. I'm here to discuss and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yes. yes. Damn. Okay. Um, my name's Kiki. I'm a journalism student, super involved in politics, mostly American, but double and Canadian. <laughs> and I double. Transplant from BC, so. Ooh, shout out to Victoria. Super so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 20 also. Damn. That's have me feeling so old. <laughs> <laughs> I am Francita. Um, I am a creative here in Toronto, born and raised. Um, I also dabble in a bunch of other things like art and design. Um, and I am 26. Oh my god. <laughs> I am the grandmother of this room. Um, and I'm okay with it. Show us your wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. Um, so before I get to, uh, before we get to the news, just a quick thing, because I've gotten this question several times this week already. People are asking me, um, and especially young people, because this is really common, you like have all your mail going to your parents' house, and you just moved to Toronto, and you don't really have any ID that says like your address on it, mm-hmm. so you don't know if you're registered, where you're registered to vote. Um, so you don't know if you go to the polling station, like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if you live in another city than you grew up in, um, you can go to the polling station with a f- piece of photo ID, government-issued reg- uh, ID, so your driver's license or your passport, um, and uh, hand that to them. And you have to also bring a piece of mail with your address and your name on it. And if you have those things, they can register to you to vote on the day you go in to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode is going to come out on Monday, uh, June 4th. So you can vote now. You can vote mm-hmm. early. And uh, if so, if June 7th doesn't work for you, uh, go to electionsontario.ca uh, and find your polling station. Um, so uh, for the news, we've got a couple big things. Mm-hmm. The first one, and the most um, ridiculous slash embarrassing one, <laughs> is that Doug Ford has not really released a platform, but he's put up um, basically like an itemized list of his promises <laughs> over the past couple months. Yeah. Um, but none of these are really like properly costed out. The amounts that he has put in there, economists are reporting that 
this would actually add up to a bigger deficit than the Liberals and the NDP. And it's funny because he's touted this rhetoric the whole election about how we have to balance the budget mm-hmm. and all and this. And find efficiencies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's just mad hypocritical. Yeah. 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 But he's not even good at it. Good because summary. they found it right away. At least he moved. I really hope everybody picks up on that and doesn't just like... That's his entire mm-hmm. campaign, though, right? A bubble yeah. boy campaign where it's just like, I'm going to answer the questions where I want to answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a question about yeah. the things that are wrong with my campaign, then you just wait until I'm in power and you will deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. hey, that's why we're here to call out all Hell that. Hell yeah, dude. Exactly. Right. I think it really speaks to the incompetence of, like, him and his people, though. Like, it's like, you really, you really couldn't figure this out. Like, yeah, you really. can do the basic math. Um, so, and then the other piece of news is that uh, yesterday... Uh, Yesterday, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Wynne, uh, on June 2nd, Kathleen Wynne uh, conceded that she will not be the next Premier of Ontario. She said she thinks that it's pretty clear at this point like that she will, she will not be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and so she had this, like, she started the ball going really well, you know, really humble, like, uh, you know, it's, this isn't about me mm-hmm. being Premier, this isn't about my job, uh, like, all really great stuff. And then she was like, but also don't... V- but then, but also vote liberal because we need to elect more liberals so that we can keep the NDP or conservative government in check. And I don't know about y'all, but this, uh, as a progressive politician, I thought that she would have come out and been like, vote NDP mm-hmm. so that we can yeah. save Ontario. I'm super confused about this, uh, this tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I, you know what, the, ultimately I realized like n- no one's going to listen to what she says because no. a lot of people hate her and <laughs> I don't agree with that, but a lot of people don't like but it. So that was, no one's going to listen to her, but I was just confused. Such by a that strange tactic. move. Yeah. Well, her, pers- strange her perspective move. was that she didn't want those who had been still supporting her to believe that she had just given up, which right. I mean, Oh, very important um, point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, There's definitely. Also, definitely, kind of um, an argument for still putting in your policies and your ideals and whatnot, and having a voice for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's not going to be Beneficial. like if you don't, yeah, if you don't have the power to actually make any sort of difference yeah. with that, like you need to be realistic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You mm-hmm. have to what? see the reality of the whole situation. What was her goal in conceding now, though? Um, like, basically to, like, get out, get people to go knock doors and, like, get the vote right. out for, like, her, her seats. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like, it, it kind of looks right now like she's not going to win her own seat, which is, like, sad. really hella yeah, sad, and cool. they might also, it? we don't know, but, um, like, it's in Toronto, it's, like, what's her riding, Davenport? Uh, no, no, uh, Don Valley West, Don Valley. right, okay. and, uh, you know, I, I just think that, like, I think that she's trying to save, like, the, you know, maybe the last jobs of, like, maybe her peers, but they yeah. could all, like, some polling is showing, and who knows if it's fucking right, but <laughs> some polling is showing that they could lose official party status, which, you know, three parties yeah. is actually what ma- our, makes our democracy h- healthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. like, that the Liberals be... getting eight seats, like, more than eight seats could actually, like, you know, it could, it, it you know. Yeah, it, maybe they'll band together with the Green Party and become a real party. Maybe. <laughs> Dark. Okay. 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 Yikes. Yeah. Let's keep the ball rolling here, folks. Right. So, uh, Kate. Okay. Um, Off to Kate. So, back to our beginnings. We talked about housing in Toronto and in the GTA and in Ontario more broadly. So, different parties have had different approaches to housing, but broadly speaking, this is what they're kind of laying out. So the PCs want to eliminate rent control and they want to eliminate the foreign buyers tax in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and, the, and the important thing to uh, understand about those two things is that the, the, those are two things that the Liberals actually put in. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what rent control and foreign buyers tax is, rent control means that landlords can only increase the rent by about 2% a year. Whereas before, they were able to increase the rent by much more than that. So for example, your rent is $1,600, and the next day, their landlord says, I'm putting it up to $2,500. So people ended up being economically evicted from their homes, mm-hmm. which is horrific. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so that's why rent control is important. Foreign buyer's tax is a 15% tax on uh, foreign home ownership, which means if you are not an Ontario resident, you have to, and uh, and you buy a house in Ontario, you have to pay 15% extra. That's to uh, drive down the cost of housing that's brought up by these really rich people that come in from outside and buy up uh, the real estate, especially in the GTA. Mm-hmm. So the Liberals obviously want to maintain their foreign buyer's tax as a one-time payment in the greater Golden Horseshoe region, which is like Toronto and the GTA Plus. Mm. Um, and they also want to create about 2,000 new housing units with a mix of like market-based 
um, units, which means like regular condo price and affordable units, which means um, like apartments that we priced for people who are at a more low income standpoint, which is great. Mm. And we, we know that a mix of, t of the two housing units is a really great way to combat uh, poverty mm. and uh, intergenerational poverty. Yeah. Uh, because sure. it allows for social mobility, mixed housing. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like the fact of creating an area that people will think is maybe undesirable. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the NDP want to maintain the foreign buyers tax, but change it so it's not just one time payment, but it's every single year. So this would drastically increase the taxes on foreign buyers. Mm -hmm. um, they also want to build, this is over 10 years, but they also want to build 30,000 new supportive housing units. They want to introduce 65,000 new affordable homes over 10 years. And mm -hmm. they want to, well, they say they want to introduce legislation which re would require developers to include affordable homes in their new projects, yeah. like the liberals. But yeah. again, this is not like a concrete, it's definitely going to happen thing, but yeah. it is a promise that they've made. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing about the uh, the foreign buyers tax at the NDP, it's not a foreign buyers tax, but it's a housing speculation tax. It's every year, uh, and for the first year, it's five dollars for every assessed thousand dollars of value in your home, and for the uh, uh, next year, it's twenty dollars for every assessed thousand dollar value. And if you, that didn't mean anything to you, basically, it means if you own a million dollar home you're going to be able to pay, you're going to have to pay 20,000 extra dollars a year for that, to own that home if you're a foreign homeowner, which has the potential to really work. Mm -hmm. uh, because the foreign buyer's tax, apparently people are so rich, they just like factor they it into care. the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, you need $20,000 extra for me to live in this, yeah. you know, three-story condo? Sure, here you go. Yeah. 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 Um, so how do you guys feel about housing? How does that impact your lives? Yeah, as, uh, we want to know. As young voters, why UNG? Hmm. Interesting. I think um, as someone just, you know, trying to find somewhere that rent is going to stay reasonable, mm -hmm. it's so important. Yes. Just because, yeah. like, um, I've been living at Midtown for about six, seven years now, and we have rent control just by our landlords alone. And it has been such a lifesaver, only because now seven years into condos going up and, you know, gentrification swiping into our area, mm -hmm. um, I'm still sitting at a price point that is manageable for me, whereas people are moving into the same building with rent that's $400 more than I, mm -hmm. I'm paying. Um, and it's affecting them. It's definitely affecting them. We're seeing um, more business owners and business types move into the area, which obviously, again, drives the price up. Mm -hmm. And that's happening more and more often in more and more areas in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It used to just be, you know, King Street and Queen Street. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Now mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. Eglinton, it's Young, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's everywhere. It's the mm -hmm. whole lakeshore. So it's definitely super important that this is a focus. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because I don't think the PC party really went to the PC party hasn't really spoke on it too mm. much they've made mm -hmm. their you know their again their two little promises yeah they, and they weren't they were to eliminate the foreign mm -hmm. buyers tax and to uh, stop rent control well because yeah. you know the PC party obviously is gonna benefit off of that right yeah. tax mm -hmm. so or if you know if or they wouldn't be benefiting off the tax sorry so they're not gonna want it to be there yeah, which right. is you know pretty obvious if you know any sort of history of the PC party but yeah. um, they don't care about poor people they don't they're you know middle class what's that yeah yeah are there there's something below that yeah <laughs> no, no clue yeah. no clue Charlie there's a lot of NIMBYs in your neighborhood right uh, you yeah about that? yeah so I live in Cabbage Town shout out to oh. Cabbage Town <laughs> which I actually, <laughs> I actually really love my area um like I love it's really pretty and stuff mm. but there's definitely a lot of people uh who don't want they want to keep the character of Cabbage Town there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, and on one hand, I understand the idea of like wanting to keep these beautiful buildings that uh, maybe have historical significance. But on the other hand, it's <laughs> people need to live somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Cabbage Town actually, in the past sort of uh, 30 years, has gone through a lot of gentrification. Um, and, you know, now there's... Starbucks, you know, like that's the, that's the store when an area starts to get gentrified that oh, I feel yeah. like first pops mm -hmm. up. For sure. I moved out of your area oh, into yeah. my area when that Starbucks <laughs> popped up. Exactly. Like, oh, it's yeah. a sign. Yeah. <laughs> but so there's definitely a lot of, and it, it just seems so unfounded. Um, as for an example, like this wasn't Cabbage Town. This was the annex. This is near where like Margaret Atwood lived. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like she penned this letter against a 
it was like a 12 story or 14 story apartment building um in her area mm-hmm. because it would ruin the character yeah. of the area and it's like you're not destroying the character of an area mm-hmm. by developing. introducing yeah and these are the same right? people yeah. these are literally the exact same people margaret atwood and like margaret atwood's great like she's a great writer but these are the same people who are like bring more syrian refugees into our yeah. country mm-hmm. and then it's like, like oh really where are you gonna put yeah. them yeah. 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 like seriously right? i feel so i'm like from Ottawa, so it's a bit of a different vibe with the whole housing thing. As well, I also live with my parents. Shout out to Zita and Craig. Um, <laughs> I like it's a huge thing. I live in the Glebe, and people are like all about this whole like staying the vibe, keeping it real. And people are, are huge against like development and like apartment buildings and new residencies because they're like, oh, we'll like change how the neighborhood is. I'm like, yeah, but this neighborhood has been what it is for like. 80 years we mm-hmm. can move on like the mm-hmm. uh, rest of the world has and it mm-hmm. just is like it it's sad for me because it just shows me that like these people who you think are like in this like super vibey neighborhood like want to like change the world they actually don't no. and they're like so set in their ways mm-hmm. and they're not ready to let more people in which is also everyone in that neighborhood is white yeah uh, <laughs> i think it's heartbreaking to feel the fact that someone is just so concerned about having other cultures and life and development in their own area I'm like it's not yours like mm. this is yeah, a developing a- world we're in Canada share the space learn from each other like the fact that you're so self-absorbed in the way that your garden party looks like and you're gonna have ho like I that's like, a pew 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 for sure it's, well, it's, it's like it's the ultimate example of liberal yeah. hypocrisy right exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. no it's like yeah. oh let's invite all these people to live with us like I'm so about Syrian refugees mm-hmm. anyone poor people but like not in my neighborhood yeah. not really yeah. with us well, no, <laughs> okay so we've seen that the NDP are gonna offer a bit more relief for that by introducing the foreign buyers tax annually, which could be great and could help to kind of stem. Mm. It's know, actually cool called the housing down. speculation tax. Housing speculation tax. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> Just like cool down the housing market. Yeah. Event. So, great. Yeah. We'll see how that shakes mm-hmm. down. Yeah. With time. Well, With I time. mean, if, if they get elected, who knows? Yeah. So another Go happy to topic. Uh, yeah. Climate change. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's move right along. So. Okay. Yeah. So Doug Ford. Um, wants to eliminate the cap-and-trade system in Ontario, which is, like, our carbon pricing system. Basically, it's that companies can... They're allowed not to emit... Good, a, yeah, they're allowed to emit a certain amount of pollution annually, and if they go over that, they have to pay extra, and they can trade it around and do, like, business people shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but basically, he wants to get rid of it, which means that... If you're really rich, you can, like... Yeah, yeah. You can buy... Basically, companies have free reign to pollute as much as they want without any kind of pricing system. Mm-hmm. But this brings in government revenue. Yes. Cap and trade brings in government revenue, which a lot of which goes to green projects. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, or transit, like public mm-hmm. transit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like so he well. wants to get rid of it, but he, he says he does believe in man-made climate change, and that is, like, the bar that we're at right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, So the liberals were the ones who brought in this cap-and-trade carbon pricing pricing system, Mm -hmm. Jesus, in September 2017, Mm -hmm. and since 2017, they've raised $2.4 billion in proceeds, which is fucking great. And it was praised internationally, too. Yeah, yeah. So the NDP wanted to stick with the liberal plan, they're all down, climate change is real, we might all die. Yeah. 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 Uh guys, uh quick uh quick thoughts on climate change. <laughs> it honestly is like such a big deal and mm-hmm. I let's get the West Coasters opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I was a Green Party stand for a long time because <laughs> that's like Victoria. Mm-hmm. But um I work in a research center which is like looking for renewable energy solutions to like all the demand on the grid and like the downtown core which is a lot and um, climate change like isn't something that we have time to act on and I think that's Mm -hmm. the scariest part of a Mm -hmm. lot of um, conservative like the Republicans in the states or like the PCs here like they think that we just have time to like dick around for another 10 years and be like you know like it's not happening Mm -hmm. and like environmental racism is like totally a thing and it's gonna hit minorities mm, first mm-hmm. and or it know, already is it already it is, is. oh totally yeah. yeah but like you know when shit really starts to hit the fan a couple years down the road mm-hmm. um it's gonna hit minorities first and poor people and um i think for a lot of pc voters they're just like we can buy our way out like you know mm-hmm. we can buy the house at the top we'll of the hill just move tomorrow yeah and like yeah, the tax, tsunami's the not gonna hit fine. me yeah. Yeah, exactly. and so i mean 
it's just something that we have no time to act on, and so Doug Ford's proposals are really frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenny, yeah. what do you think? Um, Katie, do you know if we have a carbon tax in BC? You we do. do. We yeah. do? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, last time I talked to someone about it, it wasn't as high as it is here. Mm. No, BC and Ontario are doing the most, I think, I yeah. for climate. Are we sure that BC, it's a carbon tax or it's cap and trade? BC is carbon tax? Yeah, so, carbon tax. so cap and trade is a little different. A little different. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring in as much government revenue. A carbon mm-hmm. tax is directly, It's it goes directly back to the government. Right. Cap and trade, like, it ha- it leaves more to the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, um, but Jenny's oh, a science student, so you know what's up with the environment. It changes that. It's real. A huge step backwards if we eliminate this uh, mm-hmm. cap and trade system. Mm-hmm. Um, I was learning in my classes that politicians think in five to ten year chunks, obviously, because that's um, how long they'll likely be in office, mm-hmm. and um, that's just not it's not working. Yeah, you can't yeah. be thinking yeah. only ten years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem with climate change is it's really like politically, it's a difficult thing politically to be like in 20 years yeah. or in like 50 yeah. years because yeah. people are like but I have problems now yeah. 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 so it, like it's a really hard sell I don't think to people our age but to people like older than us For sure. I, I heard this funny podcast where they were like we should like people who are like 65 and older we should like t- the government should like fully take care of them but none of them should get to vote <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, they're not it's not their future I don't actually believe in that but I thought it was funny yeah, yeah. I was like in one of his stand-up specials John Mulaney was like John Mulaney <laughs> he was Love like it. I don't think old people should vote because um, um, you're not going to order for the table when you're leaving the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, Grandma, I love you. Snap so that. Don't take a seat. My yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we all agree. Climate change is real. And oh, my God. As much as we hate Doug Ford's stand on it, he actually does believe it's a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sadly, yeah. like, sadly progressive yeah. in, uh-huh. in yeah. some it's sense. It's so weird, though, because it's only because of the United States and their, and the uh, Koch brothers' interest in the Republican Party that climate change has been disputed in conservative circles, because it's not, like, a conservative ideal to think oh. climate change isn't real. It's literally just the Koch brother funded like <laughs> advertising that's like oh yeah climate change isn't real or Koch funded or Koch brother funded scientists so mm-hmm. it's actually not exactly. a conservative it's actually not no. fundamentally conservative to believe that climate change isn't real and if you actually look at the word conserve Doug Ford has actually come out with some interesting stuff on healthcare. he said that no nurses would lose their jobs under his government which is a plus great mm-hmm. Um, hard promise to keep. Hard promise to yeah. keep, but you know, at least he's saying it. He's committed to creating fifteen thousand new hospital beds within five years and thirty thousand over the next ten years to end hallway medicine, which his mother was personally affected by. Mm. That's pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. And he's committed one point nine billion over ten years for mental health spending. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so the liberals um, have promised uh, free pharmacare and dental care for people uh, under the age of twenty five and over the age of sixty five. For people that are not covered, also um, in between those ages that don't have coverage through their work, they'll also cover uh, a certain amount uh, of your uh, dental and uh, pharmacare. So the government will under the liberals. Um, uh, increasing, they will increase spending by uh, five billion dollars over three years for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know five divided by three, guys. Um, but like, uh, <laughs> no, that's a lot. That's, that's more. Number. That's way. That's that's. Well, it could be a lot. Yeah, um, uh, it that could a be lot. that could be around equal to what Doug Ford is promising. Actually, uh, uh, no, it's it's definitely a lot more. Five billion over three years. Um, I don't know the math either, but he's promising one point nine oh, billion oh, over, over ten, 10 years. years. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. they're promising a lot more. They're also yeah. promising eight hundred and twenty-two million in hospital funding as soon as they get elected, mm-hmm. which would help also combat ha- hallway medicine. And they're also promising seventeen point one billion mm-hmm. for mental health care over four years. Which wow. is which have is they, a have lot. they at all explained where they're gonna get that money I from? I was just wondering that, yeah. Well, we know they're, they're gonna, gonna get that from taxes. Yeah, from and they're gonna run revenues. a deficit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the the people who are making like around over two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year would mm-hmm. get their taxes bumped up even more than they already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like awesome. I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, and the NDP are going to immediately increase hospital funding by 5.3%, uh, $30 million, uh, and introduce uh, 2,000 new hospital beds, um, which, uh, I don't know, like, could be a lot, but, like, I <laughs> but don't... That's across the whole province. Yeah. Ontario is fucking big. It's yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, the thing about introducing new hospital beds, though, is, like, if you've got that many more hospital beds, you need more staff, staff. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So they're also going <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, she's her. right. That yeah. She's <laughs> correct. It's, it's like, do they have a plan to deal with that, though? That's my question. Yeah. I think that's where that $30 million might go, is to is bring in okay. more healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they haven't specified that directly, so it's okay. kind of speculative right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. They also yeah. want to create 35 new community health centers, and these would specifically address the needs of marginalized communities, um, including LGBTQ communities, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's only by 2025, so mm-hmm. long-term right. plan. Yeah. Um, this one's huge. This one is amazing. They're also going to fully cover the cost of transition drugs for trans individuals. That is definitely gonna raise a hand on that yeah. I have a friend mm-hmm. who's doing that right now and it's a huge financial situation yeah. like mm-hmm. she's choosing between like so long like they're choosing between like schooling which school they go to mm-hmm. or if they're gonna be transitioning this year and it's mm-hmm. like wow. Mm-hmm. it's wow. a huge thing yeah, yeah. Her perspective have to make. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then they're also going to introduce into universal pharmacare and dental care so similar to liberals mm-hmm. but it'll be for everyone unfortunately unfortunately the liberal plan covers like uh, o- like over a thousand drugs and the NDP plan covers 120 drugs so mm. it says universal but like I don't know I have no idea what those drugs are yeah. so <laughs> to an extent it's yeah. really yeah. not asterisks um, yeah yeah <laughs> many it's, asterisks it's usually not um anything that's like deemed as a self help issue yeah or um if or, it's like or mental health Self-help or mental health or um, anything that's based around uh, body size and weight is usually just deemed not actually necessary. Or aesthetic. Or, yeah, it's aesthetically, you know, necessary. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's usually probably going to be, you know, the typical um, antibiotics. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Things for, you know, that prevent sort of... um, community sickness but it won't Mm -hmm. be like very helpful in terms of people who are seeking mental health uh, and uh sort of manic type drugs right it's still Mm. gonna be is there a list of what they're offering there is a list of that i recently found this out very recently so i have for a long time been on a drug called fluoxetine Mm -hmm. which is an antidepressant and so that's covered it's all great but because of that, there's a certain type of birth control that I have to be on mm-hmm. so that it doesn't interact with that. And since that kind is a little bit unusual, it's, it's not, not covered. covered. Wait, yeah. so you've gone into the pharmacy since the liberals have yeah. come in? She pays for her birth control. Very recently, actually, match. two weeks ago, no. I accidentally went in too early and they were like, and. I just gotten confused. I thought I didn't have an extra pack at home, uh-huh. but I fully Haven't. did. So yeah, I went I in too early by accident, and they were like, "Well, you're too early. We can't cover you. So if you want this now, you have to pay seventy five dollars." And even on a regular basis, that particular birth control, because it's not one of the super common ones, is not covered. Is it officially it's covered? It's it's no. The only reason it's covered is, is because. Your- your insurance, oh, right? Yeah, because oh, of my okay. mom's So the government doesn't cover it. No, no. Oh, not okay. at all. It's the brand? Because no, it's it not the brand. It's not the brand, though. It's it's the act. It's the particular it's the, drug. The, the makeup. Like, you know how, like, a less, it has, like, Those an alicenia. Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, there's, right? like, the same, it's like, like drugs. The balance but, of yeah, what that birth control uh, is, like, affects yeah. the fluoxetine, which is the antidepressant that she's on, so she can't have both. Yeah, so I'm on, like, a more chill birth control, but... It's just, just not, not covered. Yeah, yeah it's not mm-hmm. covered. It's so interesting. So I grew up in New Jersey, uh, where <laughs> like in the U.S., where healthcare is like not a thing. At all, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, like, it's a thing, yeah. but like the government, I don't know. So for rich people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was when I was on our insurance, like I paid fifty dollars a month. Everyone I knew paid at least fifty dollars for a month for birth control, but also like healthcare is important as well but it's also health is something that's so influenced by every other aspect of life of where you live of where your job like how much you work how secure your community is as well exactly so i think you need a strong healthcare plan but then that's pointless if the rest of your like this is kind of how i feel about the pcs i think it's good that they're like whatever not gonna fire any nurses and they're gonna stop hallway medicine but if the rest of your political idea is to not support, support those the people. most vulnerable yeah. communities exactly then that isn't what's the point like Absolutely. you're not really yeah. Yeah. changing yeah. what's making these people sick yeah yeah definitely wow okay I like that. <laughs> actually that's a great that's jumping a off point for education because this is where you know i mean uh, at least primary education that's where like mm-hmm. our humans are formed mm-hmm. um so kate yeah so the pcs um they want to reshape quote unquote 
the 2015 sex ed reforms with greater parental input. So this would mean... (laughs) Basically, this would mean rolling back the kind of content about diverse sexual orientation Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. accepting other people and not being a bigot, Mm -hmm. consent, all this kind of stuff that was brought in 2015 and that made a huge difference Mm -hmm. in the sex ed, or not even sex ed, the health curriculum. It is a health curriculum because they don't introduce sex until, like, later grades, like, Mm -hmm. sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. For, uh, Mm -hmm. and people keep calling it the sex ed curriculum but it's it's in grade three they the people the things people have problem with problems with is that in grade three they introduce different types of families so your friend could have a daddy and a mommy but he could also have two mommies he could also have two daddies or other arrangements of families and all of that is cool Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that is what they're trying to teach these kids and that's which makes sense and just to be nice (laughs) it's only like in later grades when they teach them about about sex but they're not they're not quote teaching anal sex in classrooms Uh, according to tanya (laughs) greenwich allen um we're not no one's teaching anyone anal sex no Um, definitely not um, the other creepy thing that the PCs have said they would do is that they would tie um, they would tie university funding to their free speech rules. Oh my oh, god! What <laughs> huge SOS? This is, this is something that this is something that Ford has said, but it's not necessarily like a platform point. Yeah. Um, platform. So we don't know how legit this is, but it is something that he has stated. It's very big brothery. I don't Stupid. like it. It's yeah. very, like, especially in the wake of that, I'm sure you guys have all heard about Jordan Peterson since most of us live in Toronto. Especially in the wake of all that fucking bullshit, this is not something that I am happy to hear about. No, 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 it's Oh, shout out to the plane. Come on, transportation. Okay, so the liberals um, have uh, given already given two hundred and twenty five thousand students uh, free post secondary uh, tuition in two thousand and eighteen. Um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, we can't criticize that one point. Uh, they've also pledged sixteen billion dollars in capital grants over ten years to fund schools uh, to uh, general schools. Yeah, just like um, middle school, elementary okay, schools, okay. high schools. Uh, they've also promised $250 million in new funding over three years to eliminate wait lists for special education, which is big, mm-hmm. big, big. More and more people are, like, uh, like understanding this, like, area of, uh, and I oh, think Neve, Neve can speak to this. Oh, for um, sure. But uh, more and more we're, like, starting to understand, like, pe- uh, learning disabilities, and, like, turns out, like, a lot of fucking people have them. So mm-hmm. weird, right? And there's these big wait lists yeah. uh, to, like, to get, you know, like, the help that people need. Um, so, like, $250 million, I'm sure, I'm sure would be well-received. Mm-hmm. Um, c- commit- uh, they've also committed to hire 450 new guidance counselors for grade 7 and 8 students. They've dedicated... Uh, 170 million dollars over three years in on, in the Ontario apprenticeship strategy mm-hmm. um, which is like helps uh, uh, this is like supposed to combat like the idea that like young people like can't get jobs because they don't have experience mm-hmm. so apprenticeships like help y- you while you're in school like do a job uh, and also mm-hmm. get school at the same time mm-hmm. um, the NDPs are going to cap kindergarten class sizes at 26 students oh, which is that's great right yeah. yeah um they've also pledged 16 billion to repair existing schools mm-hmm. they have pledged to ensure that schools that schools teach inclusive history, um, which awesome. is supposed to combat the whitewashing that happens in a That's lot of Canadian important. history classes. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. not get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not they've, get a, they've almost inclusive history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've also promised to end the EQAO in Ontario, which fuck yeah, that was the most the, stressful experience. The what? Yeah. EQAO. EQAO. Oh, what is that? It's Evil questions <laughs> attacking Ontario. <laughs> That it's, is another pew 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> it's standardized testing that you have to take in grades three, uh, six, okay. nine. Right. Oh, um, yeah. It's stressful as so. hell. Um, yeah. and it but it doesn't like it just it's like to assess like where yeah, it's it's literally a test of the schools not the yeah. students it but also helps subjecting the students to mm-hmm. testing. it also helps yeah. different student different schools get more funding in like well better like nicer right, areas mm-hmm. so uh, like, it's just yeah really, that's it's straight really up bad. not fair yeah, yeah. Like, if there's kids going to school they deserve yeah, the like, best they can get yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. on like a quick 30 second note like yeah. I didn't do EQAO because I'm very LD so they're like we're not gonna learn the yeah, learning disabled. You're not gonna have to do EQAO because, like, basically, when I do EQAO, their percent goes down and they get less funding. X Y Z. Dark. Yeah. Dark. Wow. Really good. That took a turn. Yeah. 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 That's my That's, yeah. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. No. It is. <laughs> um, I think like this is where we're gonna get into the big 
part of the NDP mm. education stuff. So they're pledging to turn post-secondary OSAP loans into non-repayable grants. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Which means oh. if you qualify for OSAP, you're getting that money for free. And I don't I don't have the exact numbers on this, but I'm pretty I'm 99.9% sure that that will cover more people than the Liberals did this year. It definitely sure, will yeah. because even if your household is making $100,000 a year, you, you still, still qualify for some OSAP money. Yeah. So if you have three siblings and you're all trying to get to university, mm-hmm. that adds up really fucking yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. And you might yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for no, sure. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're um, all paying thirty grand important. a year, yeah. so you're like going to a different city. Yeah. That's ninety grand already. Yeah. 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 Also, so, the other day, even somebody who just went to school in their own city, I was talking to somebody who, at this point, is like married, has a child, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and is still repaying student loans. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. On that though, so the NDP have also promised to repay. This affects you. I'm here. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> this, uh, current. Uh, uh, interest on current student loans that you have paid. They didn't say in how many how many mm-hmm. years prior, mm-hmm. but like if you've already been paying interest on student loans, they'll send you a check because they'll be like, dude, wow. that wasn't fair that we made you do that because the government shouldn't be profiting off your like like vulnerability basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for really sure. Yeah, I totally. Like, right <laughs> <laughs> and benefits not the government. It benefits <laughs> the country that people are getting. Education. education, so mm-hmm. the, why yeah. are they punishing people for it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Public transit. Yeah, it's happening. Okay, okay. We're almost, we're, 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 we're nearing the end here, folks. So just hold on, just <laughs> yeah. hold on a little bit longer. So the PCs are just endorsing. Hold on, we're going home. <laughs> uh, shout out to Drake. Uh, <laughs> shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to all of the CBC radio uh, uh uh, 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 shows that were like, um, they drink cheap wine and listen to, and, and talk about Drake. And I was like, I was like, I went back through all the episodes. And I was like, we've literally mentioned Drake once. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like two. Yeah, yeah. Like how so baby boomers describe millennials. No, yeah. 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 Kara okay. is nose deep in a sangria right now. <laughs> um, okay, so the PCs, they want to build all day go transit service to the Niagara region. Who is going to Niagara every day? I don't know, but <laughs> I'm sure yeah, there are people very who are going to Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're also pledging five billion for Toronto subways. Um, in addition Sexy. to the billions already committed <laughs> by the Liberals. And they stated that the PCs would, quote-unquote, upload responsibility to the province for Toronto Transit Commission subway infrastructure. Don't really know what that means. Um, they support phase two of the light rail in Ottawa. Oh, light what rail. What the fuck is up with the light rail? Don't. How's that going? This has been trying to be built for 30 years. Yeah. Like, literally. That wanna... is literally what the Crosstown LRT is going to be yes. in 2030. It's... When it's supposed to be dropping <laughs> in 2020. Yeah. We're literally going to be having Crosstown buses that are breaking down still. Mm-hmm. While yeah. like, it's, God it's, God a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah. 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 And like, I can't even put my finger on what, what went they're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. What's yeah. going wrong, mm-hmm. but it's just not good. No. It's not right. So, in the past, interestingly, Ford... Well, Ford says that he's for transit, and he's talked about these measures that we just talked about, but he also, when he was a city councillor, voted to reduce the TTC's funding by 10%, which led to much higher wait times and much worse user experiences. So, Mm -hmm. what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. Um, The Liberals, on the other hand, have pledged $9 billion for Toronto subways. That includes the downtown relief line, the Young North subway extension, and the waterfront light rail. Mm -hmm. Um, they also stated that the fares within the city will match that of the TTC, so that'll be $3 for Presto users. Mm-hmm. Um, they've committed $79 billion for public transit across the province over 10 years, and they're helping out grandmas and grandpas by giving <laughs> seniors a 15% tax credit on public transit expenses, which my Nana, who doesn't know how podcasts work, so why am I doing <laughs> 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 Nana. Poor Nana, you'll still get 
she'll benefit from that. Yeah. And the NEP, they're pledging uh, to extend GO Transit service to Niagara, but not two-day, not all-way, which I, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why this is, like, why a is thing. Because Niagara, like Niagara is really far from here, but I think that there are people who are commuting from Niagara to get into really? Toronto. Oh, yeah. A lot of people from Hamilton yeah. commuting, and yeah. that's yeah. pretty people far. People from London come yeah. to Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Um, I Mm, wow. That okay. speaks to our need for affordable housing in Toronto. Hello. Oh, uh, they've Man, committed to introducing two-way all-day <laughs> service between Kitchener and Waterloo in Toronto, which is big. That's, a lot mm, of people that's uh, great. Uh, mm. commute from there. Mm-hmm. They've dedicated $800 million annually for transit with $330 million for the Toronto region. Um, committed to restoring service on the Ontario Northlander to bring service to northern communities. This used to be a train uh, that, like, basically like brought you all the way up to Cochrane uh, and now it doesn't go there so you have to it's very complicated to get up there basically this makes northern communities it gives them a lot more options in terms of getting to yeah. the kind of health care that they need the yeah. resources they need so this is the only party that actually addresses the northern communities transit issues transit issues That's yeah important. which is really important yeah, it yeah. Is it's really so easy I to ignore mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. and I think mm-hmm. oh it's for so one, easy for a us lot to be like oh my god Toronto's not like or mm-hmm. the center yeah. of the universe yeah. Yeah. like people always make fun but like for one they're uh, indigenous population in northern Ontario is a lot larger than it is yep. mm-hmm. uh, proportionally, and it's so easy for parties to ignore that. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know, no one talks about it. Yeah, everyone focuses all their stuff in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so everything easy. south of St. Clair, like, just does it. Like, that's yeah. Toronto, mm-hmm. nothing so, uh, north of St. Clair, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And people, yeah. we make fun of people saying Toronto's the center of the universe because we all live in Toronto, but like, really, Torontonians, they're liberal hypocrisy again mm. they say they're liberals they say they're leftists and then they ignore these communities that actually really need who need it access yeah. and mm-hmm. help yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. there's somebody from ottawa I guess like, <laughs> uh, very northern very yeah, rural um so obviously we're not from toronto but there definitely are like maybe there are a lot of issues that and a lot of points that seem to be centered towards here and then we're just lucky that we happen to be like the government town so we're second kind of in that line Mm -hmm. for sure it's like second to but there's a lot more like if i'm in ottawa and i'm where like parliament of canada is and i am second to toronto what about all the other places in canada what does that say to everything that it's just like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like it's just like there's a so whole many more people. Maybe they're super concentrated in Ottawa and Toronto, mm-hmm. but like that probably means that the people who aren't in these big cities are dealing with more issues because they don't have it as much it, access. Exactly. And yeah. if you're if you're not in these big cities, you're probably paying triple for transportation. Like that's the thing. Well, that's the payout, right? You pay exactly. one third yeah, for like, your house, and then you pay triple for transportation. Exactly. To get into, like it's to like, like when you house. need the transportation to get any sort of like it's a vicious healthcare, cycle. Healthcare amenities, yeah. mm-hmm. your job. Okay. Whatever. So uh, great segue to uh, our last kind of topic, which is like broadly equity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like this this episode I think was like one of the most illuminating uh, for Kate and I ever, uh, on a research perspective um, because what we like basically discovered um, or we came to understand was that um, to address like poverty and homelessness in this province and elsewhere you need to have a holistic approach um, you can't just like put a bandaid excuse me put a bandaid on it with putting more shelters up you need to start from birth. Yeah. And if you're a child, or from very young age, so if you're, uh, for example, you're a child that was put through the foster care system, um, we heard uh, Jocelyn Helland from Eva's Place, uh, which is a, a shelter for homeless youth, explain that, like, we advocate basically for, uh, like, a foster care system, a foster care system that, like, okay, yeah, you've been through foster care, but, like, why doesn't the government just, like, take care of you for the rest of your life? Like, because mm. we've, because basically, like, the way we've seen, like, intergenerational poverty and, like, the, like, way that, like, kids that have been through the system, like, go after that, uh, mm. like, after 18, you're on your own. And, it's a hard, mm-hmm. it's and a really hard system like, to be Okay, yeah. I'm 24, like, I'm 24, and yeah. I'm still getting help from my parents, like, yeah. and, exactly. I, and I wouldn't be able to survive without that, yeah. like, no. I really wouldn't be able to. It's like, oh my god, I mean, I'm, being someone who sees foster kids with their foster parents, um, it is, like, something we can only like see you can't really imagine what it's really like and the true reality of a situation like that and 
it's just heartbreaking to think that like they're like if you're in the you're going in and out of the foster care program for your entire life and you turn 18 bye see you later yeah yeah like, where do you think that person is going yeah, like, honest to god like where do you see when you're giving that person like oh you're 18 now you're not in the foster care program where do you think you're sending them? Yeah. If yeah. they've been in and it's out just, their whole lives, how can you possibly think that they're like, oh, now they're totally going to university and totally getting a job yeah. and totally buying a house? I'm sure some how of them do. do. I'm just I'm saying, sure yeah. Yeah. I, I um, yeah. lost a cousin in foster care system when I was six and we reconnected when we were 20. And um, yeah. she was from Ottawa. She went to um, McMaster's. Um, and that's the funny part is she, she was lucky enough to have found a family at the age of... 17 wow. right when she was about to turn wow. 18 who was willing to take her in but that doesn't happen for so many people yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just like, not like so, that's just like an anomaly so not, like, yeah. and yeah. she was able to have this family who took care of her and sent her through school though she was still had to um ask for osap and now she's drowning in that osap debt because huge she thing. turned 18 and the government was like okay that's great cool you still owe us 30k. Yeah, you know, like, when you look at the rest of us who have still have so much support from our families, whether yeah. it's like yeah. so your parents yeah. co-signing your lease and yeah, like yeah. buying your first groceries. Yeah, it's like, an important part to say so that it is that. not always money, right? It's not yeah. always nepotism. It's not always like privilege. It can be things like that where you just need the support of a parent. Exactly. To sort yeah, of literally just having somebody. Yeah, somebody to bring you ice cream because you have strep Or like, how do I do? this like how do I file my taxes no. exactly. if at a base level we are like you know you know with all of the parental support in the world we are experiencing like in like depression and anxiety and like things we need a lot of support like on think yeah. of what people who have been in and out of a foster care system for exactly. you know like a decade yeah. two decades yeah. 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 like where would just, they find yeah. these resources and, and yeah. i'm sure that, i'm sure you have your outliers who are like these you know they're they're remarkable people and they get to university exactly. or they what get is, they yeah. they become like the you know they become the Elon Musk or whatever like yeah. uh, oh, we started from the bottom now we're here whatever right. i don't <laughs> think that's in the Elon, i don't think that's the Elon Musk story. Story. But, uh, <laughs> but for most people that support needs to come from the government yeah. and yeah. so this is what the parties are Thank offering God for to you. help. Can't <laughs> <laughs> get those back on track. <laughs> so the PCs are saying they're going to cut funding overall, which will probably mean social services. Right. They're also going to cap the minimum wage at $14 an hour instead of bringing it up to 15 which will have a significant impact on minimum wage earners over their years. Mm-hmm. They're also going to cover $6,750 oh, $6, in childcare costs per child under the age of 15 but... Uh, childcare in Toronto costs about three thousand dollars a month, so and that does not go. What? And it's only asterisk well, up to yeah up to six <laughs> yeah. So the Liberals, 6, on the other hand, they were the ones who introduced the minimum wage in January twenty eighteen, and they're going to bump that up to fifteen dollars an hour in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've pledged more community based mental health services. They've committed to adding more than five hundred and twenty five more supportive housing units for people who have complex mental health and addiction needs. And they, like we said earlier, have pledged $17.1 billion over 10 years for mental health spending. Mm-hmm. They also offer free childcare for children over the age of two. Mm-hmm. And they this also implemented mm-hmm. full-day kindergarten, which has a huge impact on childcare costs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so, like, from, a, from like, an equity or, like, a, like a f- especially, like, for the wage gap and, like, women, like, big... This is, this is feminist policy. This and is feminist policy, impact. yeah. The NDP are following in those kind of footsteps. Yeah. They're going to maintain the minimum wage plan... They're going to invest in more supportive housing units over the next 10 years, building at least 3,000 every year. They've pledged to hire 2,200 new mental health care workers, and they've pledged free child care for households earning under $40,000 annually, and then that would increase on an average of $12 a day for households who earn over $40,000 annually. Mm-hmm. And here's why like, I think that people are having a hard time like deciding is because on the child care thing, if that is a big issue for you, mm-hmm. and, and there are so many other issues throughout the election, this election campaign we've seen that are like this, they are, the platforms are so similar, or, like, they're hard to differ- mm-hmm. differentiate. So, like, would you rather, or, like, you know, people, okay, would you, why do you have to choose between helping, like, the most vulnerable communities and then, like, paying $12 a day for yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this calls for a, like a larger swing to the left, uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so uh, that kind of addresses our income inequality yeah. and what the parties are doing to address that by looking at things holistically, and that includes childcare, education, healthcare, etc. Um, another issue we wanted to cover under equity was queer issues. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm just going to mention a couple things really quickly. Yeah. Um, the PCs, like we said, are going to roll back. they all have a chance to respond. Yeah, they're going to roll back. <laughs> Inclusive sex ed, big no-no. They also have they also have historic connections with um, significant anti-queer or anti-diversity kind of advocates yep. on the far right. The um, liberals plan Some of their to, candidates even. Yeah, the liberals also idea. plan to maintain their mm-hmm. 2015 sex ed mm-hmm. curriculum. There's a lot of symbolism of Kathleen Wynne being a queer woman as the party leader mm-hmm. and as the premier of our province. True, That's true. really important. Um, they've also pledged a lot of mental health funding, and they're going to pilot Canada's first de- dedicated queer community legal clinic, which is great. Um, NDP, like we said, maintain the 2015 sex ed curriculum, fully cover the cost of transition medicine for trans individuals, and improve access to primary and secondary procedures for trans individuals. So, we're seeing a lot awesome. of Awesome. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get a chance to respond now mm-hmm. in the final question of our our podcast uh this uh, this uh, season at least mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> guys who do you think you're going to be voting for and why mm-hmm. why don't we start um with francita yeah <laughs> i actually have an answer because like you guys are 20 most of you are 20 and like this is the first year you're voting it took me up until last year to even get to this point. So, uh, this year I'll probably be voting, I'm a little biased, because I do have a couple friends, Jill Andrews for St. Paul's. Oh my um, god, shout out! What? <laughs> yes! Uh, uh, a couple friends running for NDP, so I'm a little bit biased, so I probably will be voting NDP this year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to say that I haven't voted NDP in the past years, but I just feel like it's so much more realistic this year yeah. like it's so strange mm-hmm. to like look at the pollings and be like NDPs and potentially yeah. could take it yeah. like it's, yeah. it's, it's like a, it's years. like Narnia yeah. it's like what like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very surreal but and your vote cool. could make the difference it could it definitely mm-hmm. could it definitely mm-hmm. could keeks um, honestly, I've, like, bled orange from the get-go, because mm-hmm. my mom, uh, was a huge NDP fan mm-hmm. back in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, I voted NDP in the federal election a couple of years ago, but, um, their whole platform is so sexy to me, like, <laughs> honestly, they're, they're killing it to me on most things. I mean, a little ambitious in some areas, but, like, all parties have to be, you know? Shoot for the stars, so. But, yeah, NDP. Um, yes, your local layperson votes NDP. Uh, my parents are huge NDP supporters back home, and that's what they voted. And out here, I, I feel like the climate's the same. And I, I really support what we've talked about today mm-hmm. the platform. Yeah. Uh, I am actually declining my ballot, uh, which is a... Cl- I, first of all, I live... I wouldn't do it if I lived in a, cons- a riding that I thought would not go either liberal or NDP. Um, but I live in Toronto Centre. There's the chances of it going to conservative are very, very slim. Um, I am declining my ballot because I am, yeah, uh, because first of all, uh, not that many people Scandalous. decline their ballot. So for, to decline your ballot doesn't mean I just I spoil my ballot and it doesn't mean that I'm not voting. Um, it's a formal, I don't want to say vote because it's the rejection of a vote, but it's, it's formal uh for me formally saying I'm not going to vote or I don't believe in any of the candidates. Making a statement. Making a statement. Um, last, I think at the last provincial election, around 29,000 Ontario people voted or declined their ballot. And uh, there's a few reasons for me doing this. The first of which is that I don't agree with uh, the election system. I don't agree with, I want a proportionate represent. Uh, proportional proportional representation. representation system. Sorry, had a little sangria. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> um, and the other reason is, I think my vote will mean more as a from me declining my ballot versus me. My other choice would be to vote NDP. Um, and I think me declining my ballot as a young person makes a larger statement. Mm. Um, I think a lot of what all the political parties say, whether it's NDP, Liberal, um, PCs, is a lot of talk and not a lot of actual doing, or it's very difficult to get things done. Um, and I, I find it really, really frustrating. Uh, I find politics really, really frustrating, but I don't want to not have a vote and I don't want to not have a say. Wow. And I want to say to all young people who are like, my vote doesn't count or whatever, 
instead of just not going to the polls or instead of just not voting, if you decline your ballot and you say, none of these people represent me, none of these people really truly say what I want to say, you're going to have more this, a say than, than politicians thinking you just don't care. Because I don't think most people don't care. I'm interested to know if all 26,000 of those people voted, <laughs> what a difference it would, how much it would sway an election one way or the other. Um, yeah, that's true. That's across all of Ontario, though. It's not just one ride. Like, again, <laughs> if I lived in a riding where I thought it was going to be particular contention, like, I don't want Doug Ford to win. Um, okay. Very clearly, Gee. I would, but I live in Toronto Centre. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting for us in our riding, personally. Yeah. Political we debate. went to the debates, because... What, what else do you do with your free time? <laughs> and it's very, very different and interesting for our riding. We have a very, very young person for Green Party. Mm-hmm. We oh, have, is she 20? Yeah, she's like 20. Oh. And um, then there is Yasser Nakfi, who has been a liberal member for a very long time and has uh, done a, a lot a of minister, things. A minister. A minister. And yeah. he's done a lot of things. And then there's uh, Joel Harden, who is the NDP representative. Mm-hmm. And he, for me, we went to a lot of writings, and there was a lot of controversy revolving him because he tends to play off the very, like, topical conversations. Right. So, like, he'd be asked questions, and he'd be, like, relate them to more topical things. So it would be from, like, Catholic schools and public schools, like, joining together. And he'd be, like, straight to abortion. Okay? so And then <laughs> the guy would be, like, sir, um, this is very not the question I've just asked you. So for me... Like, originally, I was like, this couldn't be a possibility for me. He's, and it came across as, like, acting for the people. Like, he was, like, trying to get people riled up and, like... Kind of a populist, left populist. I was, it was very frustrating, but, like, Yazer has done amazing things for me as a childcare worker. Obviously, I have difficulties with Joel because of his, like, the way he chooses to talk about things. Mm -hmm. But I can't, being as informed as I am, as I am on politics, I can't say that I'm going to have to vote for Yazer because I like him and he's done cool things, but I have to think of Ontario as a whole. And you know, for me, Mm. like people in my neighborhood are very self-centered and very orientated on the writing itself, but I see a broader perspective of Ontario and I I can't see myself. Yes, Yazer may benefit me more than Joel will, but I'm already extraordinarily benefited from my parents, my work, and where I live. So why mm-hmm. do I need to be that? Why right. can't I vote NDP and tell people this is the reality, you know? Like, yes, Joel might not be best for me, and he might not be best for my riding, but what about Ontario? And right. that's what this election wow. is for Team. me. Wow. That's interesting. That's a really good Yeah, Rima, what do you think? So I 100% agree with Neve on that. We went to the debate together, and... The whole time, I'm sitting there going like, but this guy, when Joel Harden was talking, he's just saying things to get the people going and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's good at get it. Their, yeah, no, mm-hmm. he's very good public speaker, but he was not, he did not say once how this policy was going to be implemented, where they were going to get the money for it, how they were going to go about fixing such and such issue, mm-hmm. which really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Because meanwhile, the other candidates, like the Green Party girl, even though she's she's my age, and she was doing a perfectly good job of explaining how they would implement, like go about implementing their thing. And I understand that not everybody is going to be analyzing everything from such a logical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, they should. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's they get some for sure. But, but, but politics but is emotional. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely so emotional. You're aware that the liberals might not win. In which case, we would definitely want NDP over PC. Because we're mm. both in a position where we are extremely benefited yeah. by exactly. family, That's relatives, just social conventions. Even. Sure. Right. Okay. 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 So, That's so, okay. So, this entire podcast has been about Kate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may not think about you may we not think about Kate. it that way because I <laughs> I tend to be an asshole and talk a lot. But uh, Kate was really like the reason that we called it undecided in the first place. Um, and uh, Kate is a first-time voter, and through this, both of us have 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 gone on a journey of discovery and mm-hmm. uh, knowledge. Uh, but I, uh, the reason we the premise came to be was because of Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kate. I want to know. <laughs> what do you think? Are you decided? Um, I yeah, I'm decided. I have been thinking about it. For I think a long I know time. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think she knows what it is. 
I'm um, nervous. I am going to be voting in Ottawa, like the same neighborhood as Rima and, and Neve, and Ottawa Centre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be also voting NDP, mm-hmm. um, based on the research that I've done mm-hmm. and my personal, um, like, fundamental beliefs about uh, equity and different mm-hmm. stuff. I feel like that they address it best. Um, I haven't seen the debates, but I really respect and like Joel Harden, so I'm totally comfortable voting for him. And, um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to cast my ballot. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tara? Uh, um, so some people out there may know this about me, but I'm a <laughs> recovering partisan. And um, <laughs> I haven't been in partisan politics for two years, so I feel like I can now say that I don't participate in that anymore. Um, but uh, I used to be pretty liberal, and I... Um, have to say that my partisan ways really uh, influenced the way I started this journey out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also have to say that uh, my co-host and uh, doing a hefty amount of research uh, has uh, swayed me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents will probably be so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Rickard and Kathy, it's all good. Yo, shout out to Rickard and Kathy. Yo, shout (laughs) out to Uh, I think I'll be voting uh, NDP this election um, because I ultimately don't want to secure the election of Doug Ford. I'm very, very worried about the province swaying the same way uh, the U.S. election did. Before we leave, why don't we just all say that Please go vote. Definitely vote, 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 vote. 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 Yeah. Vote. Um, Thank you all for listening. We'll see you back next year. Yes. Um, Please go fucking vote. Mm -hmm. Even if you are a conservative, at least exercise your democratic rights. Or decline your ballot, which is better than not voting at all. better than not voting at all. Do your thing. Make your vote count. Think about it. And if you're listening to this on the 4th of June, Mm -hmm. and this helped you decide, share this with someone you love. Yeah. Love, love, love. Yeah. All right. So you can find us at Undecided Podcast on Instagram, at Undecided underscore pod on Twitter. We're here Sorry, in our living room and house <laughs> with the twinkly lights, and we're going to eat some pasta. And some Thank you guys so much. declining my ballot uh which is a first of all I live I wouldn't do it if I lived in a a riding that I thought would not go either liberal or NDP um but I live in Toronto Center there's the chances of it going to conservative are very very slim um I am declining my ballot because I am yeah (laughs) because first of all uh not that many people decline their ballot so for to decline your ballot doesn't mean I just I spoil my ballot, and it doesn't mean that I'm not voting. Um, it's a formal, I don't want to say vote, because it's the rejection of a vote, but it's formal, uh, for me formally saying I'm not going to vote, or I don't believe in any of the candidates. Making a statement. Making a statement. Um, last, I think at the last provincial election, around 29,000 Ontario people voted, or declined their ballot. And... Uh, there's a few reasons for me doing this. The first of which is that I don't agree with uh, the election system. I don't agree with... I want a proportionate represent, uh, proportional representation. representation system. Sorry. Had a little sangria. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> um, and the other reason is I think my vote will mean more as a from me declining my ballot versus me, my other choice would be to vote NDP. Um, And I think me declining my ballot as a young person makes a larger statement. Mm. Um, I think a lot of what all the political parties say, whether it's NDP, liberal, um, PCs, is a lot of talk and not a lot of actual doing, or it's very difficult to get things done. Um, And I, I find it really, really frustrating 
uh, I find politics really, really frustrating. But I don't want to not have a vote. And I don't want to not have a say. Wow. And I want to say to all young people who are like, my vote doesn't count or whatever, instead of just not going to the polls or instead of just not voting, if you decline your ballot and you say, none of these people represent me, none of these people really, truly say what I want to say, you're going to have more this a say than them politicians thinking you just don't care. Because I don't think most people don't care. I work in a research center, which is, like, looking for renewable energy solutions to, like, all the demand on the grid and, like, the downtown core, which is a lot. And um, climate change, like, isn't something that we have time to act on. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the scariest part of a Mm -hmm. lot of um, conservative, like, the Republicans in the States or, like, the PCs here, like, they think that we just have time to, like, dick around for another 10 years and be like, you know, like, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And, like, environmental racism is, like totally a thing and it's gonna hit minorities mm, first mm-hmm. and or it know, already is it already it is, is. oh totally yeah. yeah but like you know when shit really starts to hit the fan a couple years down the road mm-hmm. um it's gonna hit minorities first and poor people and um i think for a lot of pc voters they're just like we can buy our way out like you know mm-hmm. we can buy the house at the top we'll of the just hill move tomorrow. yeah and like yeah, the tsunami's the not gonna hit fine. me yeah. Yeah, exactly. and so i mean it's just something that we have no time to act on, and so Doug Ford's proposals are really frightening. I think, um, as someone just, you know, trying to find somewhere that rent is going to stay reasonable, mm-hmm. it's so important. Yes. Just because, yeah. like, um, I've been living at Midtown for about six, seven years now, and we have rent control just by our landlords alone. And it has been such a lifesaver, only because now seven years into condos going up and, you know, gentrification swiping into our area, Mm -hmm. um, I'm still sitting at a price point that is manageable for me, whereas people are moving into the same building with rent that's $400 more than I'm -hmm. I'm paying. Um, And it's affecting them. It's definitely affecting them. We're seeing um, more business owners and business types move into the area, which obviously, again, drives the price up. Mm -hmm. And that's happening more and more often in more and more areas in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It used to just be, you know, King Street and Queen Street. Now it's Mm -hmm. Eglinton, it's Young, it's, Mm. you know, it's everywhere. It's the Mm -hmm. whole lakeshore. So it's definitely super important that this is a focus. Mm -hmm. It's sad for me because it just shows me that, like, these people who you think are like in this like super vibey neighborhood like want to like change the world they actually don't no. and they're like so set in their ways mm-hmm. and they're not ready to let more people in i think it's heartbreaking to feel the fact that someone is just so concerned about having other cultures and life and development in their own area I'm like it's not yours like mm. this is yeah, a developing a- world we're in canada share the space learn from each other like the fact that you're so self-absorbed in the way that your garden party looks mm. no yeah, it's like yeah. oh let's invite all these people to live with us like i'm so about syrian refugees mm-hmm. anyone poor people but like not in my neighborhood yeah. not really yeah. with us. a huge step backwards if we eliminate this uh mm-hmm. cap and trade system mm-hmm. um i was learning in my classes that politicians think in five to ten year chunks obviously because that's um how long they'll likely be in office mm-hmm. and um that's just not it's not working yeah you can't yeah. be thinking yeah. only 10 years in the future yeah so I have for a long time been on a drug called fluoxetine, mm-hmm. which is an antidepressant. And so that's covered, it's all great, but because of that there's a certain type of birth control that I have to be on mm-hmm. so that it doesn't interact with that. And since that kind is a little bit unusual, it's, it's not, not covered. covered. Like two weeks ago no. I accidentally went in too early and they were like, and. I just gotten confused. I thought I didn't have an extra pack at home, uh-huh. but I fully Happens. did. So yeah, I went in too early by accident, and they were like, well, you're too early, we can't cover you, so if you want this now, you have to pay $75. Oh, 